Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland with the program called The Burning Issue with myself, Ridwan Ahmed, and a huge shukran to our producer, and that is Khanita Kamar. Now, the daily challenges associated with climate change and the effects on the environment has become a reality for many South Africans who are struggling to cope with the water crisis. In recent months, organizations such as the Water Crisis Coalition and the DearCapeTown.co.za website have mobilized to protest the city of Cape Town's handling of the water crisis. In particular, the water restrictions, the now scrapped drought levy, water management devices and the control over the city's natural springs. Now tonight we will be taking a deeper look into the water crisis and whether the drought is at risk of being exploited for financial gain. We also debate with whether day zero might be the start of the privatization of water. That's a reminder to the listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your questions or comments via the SMS line, and that is 47913. Alternatively, via WhatsApp on the number 0722380712. Now, before I introduce the panel of guests that I have in studio, it is important to note that we have extended an invitation to the city of Cape Town. However, they were unable to confirm a spokesperson for this discussion. However, in a statement, they said the current water shortage is in no way manufactured. Both Mrs. Dixon and the Water Crisis Coalition have been spreading false information and presenting uninformed and wild speculation about the cause of the water shortage as fact. They have up until this point given no indication that they are willing to engage reasonably with the city despite numerous and detailed responses we have given that refute their theories. Now, we are joined in studio by Sandra Dixon, uh, who is involved with the DearCapeTown.co.za website, amongst other things. Sandra, a very good evening to you and welcome to our studios. Good evening. It's very nice to be here. Thanks very much. Then also joining Sandra in the studio, we have uh, Shahid Mohammed who is with the Water Crisis Coalition. Brother Shahid, assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam, thank you. Okay, shukran for being with us in the studio. Now you've heard my introduction, we're speaking about the water crisis, for example. Uh, we're chatting about whether in fact there's the issue of um, you know, water restrictions, the drought levy that was stopped. We're speaking about the management devices uh, and all sorts of things. Let's start with Sandra and ask, you know, where do you want to start this debate? I'd like to start the debate where the water charge was scrapped. That was done on the 19th of, Jan- 19th of January. I happened to be in the council meeting that day when it was scrapped. W- what I found absolutely interesting that day was that it was debated. Um, the councillors never actually voted on it because the Democratic Alliance who has the two-thirds majority in the council, just withdrew the proposal of the drought levy. Mm-hmm. However, at exactly the same time, they also introduced the new level 6B water restrictions, which is, as you know, limit us to 50 litres per day. Per day. Mm-hmm. Now, together with that, now apparently the reason why they could introduce the water restrictions are that the council gave away the their right to vote to the committee that basically decides on the water restrictions. So the 
the committee was in the full right to actually impose the 6B level restrictions on us. However, disconnected from that are the incredible tariff hike that went along with mm -hmm. the 6B tariff with the 6B uh, water restrictions. Now, that is of great concern to me because in the meeting, the Deputy Mayor and Patricia DeLille said that they listened to the people. But when I walked out of that council meeting, I had the nagging feeling in my head mm -hmm. that it was just replaced by the increase in water tariffs. Okay. And they called it punitive. Mm -hmm. That the that the um, the increased tariffs are meant to be punitive. Now, to me, that is totally unacceptable. I went stone cold, and I couldn't believe my ears okay, when we'll, I heard that. We'll get to hear more about that. Let's get a comment from uh, Mr. Shahid Mohammed, as we said, from the Water Crisis Coalition. Your start or comment around this particular issue? Yeah, I think uh, first we want to respond to the city. Um, you know, that we've written to them several times. Uh, in fact, even in a meeting where the national minister was present, the premier was present. She walked out of the, the meeting, by the way. Um, the um, city council officials was there. Peter Flower was there. And he, in, said, in fact, said to us, listen, uh, we'll prepare to meet with you on the issue of opening up the springs to the people. Mm -hmm. And up to today, we're still waiting. So... You know, I mean, we've been, uh, you know, for him to make an allegation that we are not prepared to reasonably engage with them, I think it's actually just a bit, uh, a bit off the mark. You know, I want to also just add on to what uh, Sandra is saying. Um, unfortunately, um, most of the parties voted for the punitive tariff. There were some parties who, who opposed. I think it was the ANC that opposed. I'm not sure about the EFF. Um, but... Um, the, the problem is that if you look at the uh, drought levy, it was, yes, on the lower middle class, it put a burden, and but a lot of the burden was on the upper middle class and the very rich. Mm -hmm. Okay, Of course, it was supposed because it was undemocratic, there was no uh, consultation and so on, but they replaced it with a punitive tariff that actually um, puts the burden more on the middle class and the working class. So, in other words... If you're using too too much, then you're going to be really hit. Mm. And the, 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 there is a huge backlog in the city council, months and months of backlog, where people have applied for extra water allocation because there's maybe 8 or 15 people in the house. Mm -hmm. Then the city has been delaying in, in the response. So obviously, they're going to be seen as if they are um, abusing water. But they haven't been processed, you know, so that we're dealing with a huge amount of people here. We're dealing with possibly at least 200,000 households that appear to be using a lot of water, but it's not. There is a lot of this massive over, overcrowding because people can af cannot afford the high prices of, of, um, of rent mm -hmm. and of property. So, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of um, overcrowding, you know, that is that is here in the city. So I, I think that. Um, you know, uh, to point another issue, you know, we were um, today at the um, Premier's um, uh, residence, you okay. know, because we are on a campaign to open the springs and we feel all the springs should be open. And because of our demand, she made a public statement to say, well, her uh, spring water that's purified, she will share that with the people we are welcome to come. And so we went to the Premier's um, premises uh, home today 
There were a lot of police, so we don't have a problem with that. They, mm -hmm, uh, you sure. know, for once they were they were well behaved, you know, um, and um, she referred us to a tap, and you know the tap was was dripping, you know, it wasn't even you know. Um, water that we could drink you know there, there was a big sign there saying non-portable mm. so the spring water that has been the purification thereof that we've paid for 92,000 rand um, she is now um, denied us and she put a, a weaker a lame excuse to say that the purifier is currently clogged with salt uh, we don't buy that uh, we challenge her to say well obviously if it's clogged with salt now they should be I mean they've got access to a lot of um, uh, um, you know, technicians mm -hmm. that should be cleared uh, uh, very easily. She should tell us by when the um, it would be unclogged so that we can come and fetch the water. She did admit here. Yeah, she did, and I read this. I have no objection if members of the public want to fill the bottles from the tap, if there is sufficient pressure to do so in an orderly and appropriate way. So. Mm -hmm. We, as a result of our struggle, and you know, together with members from Stop COCT, um, who came there um, today, we want to salute everybody who did that. Um, we have forced the premier to open up um, the spring there for public use. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that we're waiting for her to say is the, the date when the purifier is fixed, and um, and then once we get that information, we will let it we'll let the people know. So you know, in in terms of us coming there. Leaving the tap, you know, dripping. Dripping, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's an insult. She was saying that's non-portable water. And that's really, I mean, she was she broke a word uh, to us, you know. And I want to go to, you know. Can I just uh, ask, Mr. Okay. Mar, just hold yeah. that thought. I okay. mean, we're going to just, uh, we, we still have some time to get through. But okay. we just need to go for a quick air break. And when we come back, we will continue with the program called The Burning Issue here on The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the burning issue here on the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Borland with myself Ridwan Ahmed. And if you have just joined us, well, this evening on the burning issue, the question is: Is the water crisis? Paving the way to privatization of water. Just to remind our listeners that we have extended an invitation to the city of Cape Town to participate uh, in this particular discussion as part of the panel. And uh, they were unable to confirm a spokesperson for this particular discussion. We are, however, joined in studio by Sandra Dixon, who is with the DearCapeTown.co.za website, amongst another website or some other um, means of social media. And then we also have Shahid. Mohammed in studio and he's with the Water Crisis Coalition. Now Sandra I know did we I mentioned the statement by the city of Cape Town and thanks to Shukran to um, Brother Shahid Muhammad for his comment. Your quick comment around their statement, particularly on the issue saying that despite numerous and detailed responses we have given to refute the efforts which is referring to you guys. Right. Um, I also represent a Facebook group called Stop COCT, which has got in excess of 8,000 members. Mm -hmm. Now, because we're a ground-up group, um, we believe that our point of entry into the city of Cape Town should be the councillors. Now, during the last month, we had various campaigns on the group to engage with the councillors. Mm -hmm. So we ask our members to send councillors questions and ask them for help ask them to explain what's happening just explain to the public what is happening for sure, yes. so basically we either get 
our members blocked um, by a councillor or we just get no answer. Um, Musi Maimani is one of the prime blockers and Mr. Stuart Pringle um, is also a keen blocker of people. Um, I even heard that Mr. Pringle said that we blocked him from our site. That is why he can't talk to us on our site, mm -hmm. which is not true. I'm the only administrator and there's not a single person blocked on our site. So our experience with the city is absolutely dismal. We just, we feel that they sit in a Fort Knox and we cannot penetrate them. We okay. cannot talk to them, we cannot get through to them okay, at Janine, all. Thanks very much for this. I need to remind myself and the listeners that the views expressed on the program does not necessarily reflect the views of the Voice of the Cape, its management or the staff. Now let's get to Mr. Shahid Mohammed quickly and ask the question, in your view, how has the city handled the water crisis thus far? Well, we think that um, the city has definitely um, mismanaged the crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, our view is that we've got a water scarcity, but insofar as water is concerned and day zero, we've got a management crisis. We don't um, accept the concept of day zero. Mm -hmm. Day zero is um, manufactured, you know, and we're going to prove it. Um, the first thing, you know, in terms of that, if you come up with a um, day zero, then the, f the first decent thing that you should do is to tell people what your formula is, what are your assumptions, and to make it available for public scrutiny. It's never been made available. Some maps and uh, graphs have been made available, but never the whole picture. Mm -hmm. So we demand that the day zero calculations, the first one, and they've changed it thrice now, we want to see all of those calculations, and we're convinced that um, the calculations are going to be flawed, uh, especially since the last time that they have um, uh, extended it by almost a month, um, they used the excuse to say, well, you know, agriculture is drawing less. But I'm sorry, agriculture every year at the same time, at the end of January, start to tone down the, the, um, the usage. usage yeah. And uh, so during February and during March, that's the last time that they normally draw. So they're drawing down. So it's, it's, it's part of, it's not rocket science. It's, it should have been part of the original calculation. Mm -hmm. So why was it used as an excuse to um, extend, um, you know, day zero? So we think that, you know, this whole thing of the setting the date and moving it forward and backwards is a, is a tactic to scare people. And, um, you know, to, um, there are two things that, um, there are, there are a lot of things that they, they should have been doing. Number one, they've known for two years, or in longer even, that there's, there's a drought. So the first thing, I mean, I, uh, I work, I, I consult with, uh, with engineers, um, civil engineers, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they said, uh, you know, to me, and, you know, I've spoken to, to some people recently from, you know, upcountry, and they've said, listen, you know, if there's a drought, there's a standard technique. What are the standard techniques that you use? The first thing that you do, because you know uh, in every city around the country, there are leaks in the pipes, right? In the infrastructure, there's leaks. Around the country, the figure is about 37%, which mm -hmm. is a huge amount of water. Here, they've brought it down to 20%, which is still a lot. Okay. So in, in um, volume, that's about 100 million liters per day that we are losing okay. through the leaks in the pipes. Mm -hmm. So. The standard technique would be you calculate your usage. I mean, you've got all the figures there. They've got it. They can't say they don't have it. Where during the day of a 24-hour period, you look at what are the hours where there is the least usage. Mm -hmm. And where there is the least use usage, obviously the pipe pressure is the highest. So there is the greatest 
opportunity for you for then to reduce the pipe mm-hmm. pressure, to okay. reduce the losses from the pipes. Mm-hmm. You're talking about huge amounts. You know, you could say even 10 to 20 li- million liters per day could be saved just by um, adjusting the pressure, which they should have done two years ago. Mm. It's only now in the past week and a half that they've, Im- uh, they've imposed drastic uh, um, cuts, you know, to people, even water shedding. And why, it's why the water shedding is no need for water shedding. You know, so um, they haven't even justified that this water shedding is to is to intimidate people into accepting that we've got no option, we've got a problem, therefore we need to go the desalination route. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, as you said in the beginning, the privatization of water. Privatization desalination of water. has got huge problems and... Um, you know, uh, there's also the, the question of water management devices. You know, strangely, we were going to Leuvenhof and we were walking. You know, we, we don't, uh, some of us don't have, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, many cars and so on. You know, so um, we were walking. It took us a long time. But when we walked from the city, center of the city to Leuvenhof, we didn't see one water management device in the rich area. Mm-hmm. You know, so who is the water management device for? It's for the, the middle class, lower middle class, and for the working class who's being squeezed. Okay. And there are a lot of problems around that, so, but I wanted to come back to those three things, the springs, the water management devices, and desalination. Um, I can talk a bit more if you, okay, you want no, to, but no, then no, otherwise we'll come yeah, back to let, that. Let's hold that thought. I still want to get Sandra as well, but yeah. we also need to have an ad break. But I'm going to acknowledge uh, SMSs and WhatsApp that we have received. I will deal with those. On that note, let's go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called The Burning Issue here on The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the burning issue here on the airwaves of The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland. Now, if you have just joined us once again, as we said, the question is the water crisis paving the way to privatization of water? We are joined in studio by Sandra Dixon, who is with DearCapeTown.co.za website. She started that. And then we also have Shahid Mohammed, who is the, with the Water Crisis Coalition. Now, before we took the ad break, Shahid, I know you spoke about, uh, you know, the springs, the water water management devices and desalination. So we'll try and manage those. And I acknowledge also some of the, the WhatsApp messages that we've received and the SMSs. We will also try and deal with those as well. But when, for now, very quickly, we are joined online. In discussion on the water crisis, um, we might recall that uh, Mr. Moaz Khabir uh, was forcefully removed from the Joseph Stone Auditorium after he accused DA leader Musi Maimani of lying about plans for the water crisis. Now we are joined online by Mr. Mu'ad Khabir. Mu'ad, assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Ridwan? Alhamdulillah, yourself? Alhamdulillah, no complaints. Okay, let's get very quickly into it. Now, you attended the meeting at the Joseph Stone Auditorium recently and had quite an interesting experience, to say the least. <laughs> Can you give us some um, context? Uh, on um, what happened that day? Keep in mind that we are on the air, sir. Sure, yes, uh, <laughs> Shukran Ridwan. Uh, you know, the, the meeting that I attended was a, a public meeting or advertised as a public meeting about the uh, the water issue and, you know, to be addressed by the DA leader, uh, Musi Maimani, which I attended. Um, and then, you know, for, for me, I think that the, the, the issue that I, I took with, with Mr. Maimani is that the whole event essentially was staged. It, I mean, it was it was scripted. 
it was for him to to present his argument. But he's got you know number one zero mandate to to to, to get involved in it. He's got no legitimate authority to even have discussed it because this is a city management issue, you know. And and I took exception to that. And I I told him you have to stop lying. Um, obviously, people, uh, the the supporters that were there, or the, the majority of the people that were there were DA supporters, um, and you know they obviously didn't like what it is that that I was accusing the national leader of of lying to 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 the public. And uh, they basically got the police to to, to remove me, um, you know. And unfortunately, you know, uh, my my language was quite colourful on the, uh, the the clip that was circulated on on Facebook. But you know, the the anger that that I had is that for for years, and since 2016, in fact, the city knew, the technical people in the water department knew that there was an issue, and they've done nothing. You know, um, and, and I think that, that what Shahid said earlier is that this is a complete mismanagement from, from the city because the city is, is responsible for demand management. And when he appeared on the stage, he was politicizing something that he said not to politicize. They, 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 they say there's no blame, but he throws the blame at, at national government. When the city, like I said just now, is responsible for demand management. In fact, in, in 2017, last year before the budget, uh, Deputy Mayor Nielsen was at a civic meeting in fairways and I asked him this was before the city budget was approved last year I think it would have been May or June and I said to him how can you from from the city the the, the Mako uh, determine that building additional for over the last 10 15 years maybe another hundred thousand homes expect the same water supply to and then all you're doing is plug into the existing water that there wasn't going to be a problem so the argument that they threw at me basically was I had no idea what I was talking about, um, you know, and I should keep quiet. And I challenged him again and I said, you guys hope that Burgrave would be coming on stage. And that was sort of the last thing that you could have done, essentially. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, the, the arrogance of, of the deputy mayor who, you know, is a water engineer by profession is, is one of those things where they can't give you answers. And if you ask the uncomfortable questions, then they run and hide. Or they tell you you don't know what you are doing or you don't know what you are talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, 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 the whole process of Musi Maiman, it just shows you how disconnected the DA is. And he himself is from, from this method because the very next day, he goes to Constantia Village to go and give out buckets. I mean, how, how incompetent do you have to be, you know, to go and do that? Not to say if you had gone to Pinelands or Mowbray or somewhere, that would have been ridiculous enough. But to Constantia Village, of all places, to give out three buckets of water. And one of the questions that I told, uh, asked uh, Deputy Nielsen uh, before the budget meeting last year is, you're going to increase the tariffs. Rich people don't care. They will pay 5,000 rand to fill up their pool. It made no difference to them. But the ones that the tariff was going to increase or, or really affect was the poor people, the lower income people. And again, what Shahid said earlier was the city assumes that the normal household is four people. And this was actually addressed by the people living in Fairways and in, 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 in Parkwood there. And they said that you have no clue what the, what the standard uh, occupation is of, of a home because you have uh, backyarders, you have families who are extended families, you have kids and whatever. So it's not the mom and dad and maybe two or three kids. It's an extended family. So the normal model that the city is using in terms of using four liters or, or, or four uh, person per household in terms of putting in the water meter, 
it, it doesn't work. The, the modeling is, is, is outdated and it's assuming that everyone is in a middle class environment. Mm. You know, so it just shows you how out of touch this, the, the city governance is and the city uh, and the DA in, in, in particular. Okay, Mahad, Ma, sure. Ma, just, just down the line, I think one of the things that you mentioned was an issue around politicizing. I want to just get from my in-studio guest, for example. Uh, Sandra, let's start with you very quickly. You know, the DA's intervention, is it politicizing the crisis further? I think uh, Mr. Khabir also mentioned something like that. Well, they completely, <coughs> completely politicized it when uh, Musi Maimani um, came to the party. Um, because constitutionally, the government and the party should be separated. So the minute Musi Maimani actually took control of the water crisis in Cape Town, he is conflating politically the whole issue. He clouded it completely. Okay. Uh, Mr. Shahid Muhammad from your side. Yes, most definitely. You know, they, um, again, it comes down to privatization because they are using this to sneak in desalination. You know, for the listeners who might not know, let's say you take seawater or water that's salty, you take out the salt. The process mm-hmm. of taking out salt is desalination. desalination. So uh, these are expensive. They um, very... Um, yeah, you know they they uh, have a huge impact on the on the environment, and um, you know they produce a little water and they produce um, high amounts of toxin. You know, so they're talking about 150 billion rands worth of desalination desalination plant that um, you know will change the face of Cape Town forever. They're talking about you know making enough water for the entire let's say 500 million liters per day that's what they're looking at mm-hmm. and um so this day zero was created as a, as an excuse to say listen we don't have a choice we we've have got to go to, we've got to go and the spend, root of desalination yeah and if you don't you know that's why we are being uh, blackmailed through the um through the water shedding to think oh my goodness the water is falling is going now and you know we don't have water how are we going to survive and we must uh, you know uh, listen to the bus you know that desalination is the option you know and i think just to 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 kill two birds with one stone let's talk about that you know uh, just very quickly um desalination Removes. I mean, there are journal articles that speak to that. We can, you know, let you have it. They desalination removes essential minerals. It removes calcium, magnesium, iodine from the that naturally occurs in water. And what has resulted, you know, in Israel and other places, the death rate from heart attacks has doubled. We know a lot of people in Cape Town are dying of heart attacks. Mm-hmm. That's going to double. It's going well, maybe not double, but it's going to drastically increase. The second thing is that um, if you draw out a hundred. Uh, liters of water then you've got uh, 60 liters of waste which is highly toxic Mm. and what their plan is is to throw that into the sea so if they have 500 million liters per day that means 300 million liters per day of toxic salt is going to be dumped into the sea sea. and Mm. that um, the salt is heavy so it's going to sink to the bottom It's going to destroy the 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 sea life and our fishing industry that is suffering already it will be even further crippled Mm -hmm. then there is the question of eroding of of the seashore which um, you know is also a, a byproduct of that, and um, then also you know the whole question that um, the uh, the water that is drawn in is not according to um, a uh, let's say a maximum standard. You know it's according to a low standard. So in other words, E. coli and um, Staphylococcus and you know various other uh, viruses are still going to be. 
uh, drawn within the seawater, within the water which is supposedly purified and it's actually going to be poisonous, mm-hmm. um, that, um, you know, let's say it will be toxic, um, that the, 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 the people will be subjected to. So you will find, you know, and in fact, the why we say that is because at the moment, the city has got a policy of pumping out the treated sewage and the stormwater, um, re, uh, you know, wastewater into the sea. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're talking about over 100 million liters, maybe 200 million liters per day that is being pumped out. So really, we are um, being set up for a, a drastic attack here. Our health is going to suffer. We're going to have to pay. In Australia, the people are paying, even though they have to put the, the plants off because it's raining, but they still have to pay 60% more. So, you know, this is a scam that is uh, being uh, put in front of us. Even the uh, UCT uh, Future Life is, is trying to argue Kevin Winter, you know, is, is saying a long-term desalination plant will help in addressing climate change. I'm sorry, it's going to destroy the, the environment. And the last point is that currently there's a lot of desalination around the world. Now, every day, 60 billion liters of this brine, heavy salt, is being pumped into the sea. The sea is being destroyed around the world. Are we saying we want to contribute to that? No ways. Okay, well, that is uh, Mr. Shahid Mohammed Ezri from the Water Crisis Coalition. Just to remind our listeners that the views expressed on the program does not necessarily reflect the views of the Voice of the Cape, its management or the staff. We still have also Brother Moad Khabir online. But let's look at what, uh, you know, what is our SMS line saying? There's a message here from 8451. It says, Assalamu alaikum. If there is a so-called water crisis, why does the DA allow all this apartment buildings going up from Hout Bay, Seapoint, Bukap, Salt River, Woodstock, right through to Weinberg, as they are using all the spotable water that we are supposed to drink? Is this water restrictions only for the poor and not the rich? Then another SMS from 6085, I really believe the water crisis is a money-making thing. The drought is not that bad. Well, once again, a very shukran to our listeners for their participation to the program. Muad, do we still have you on the line? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Before I go to my for my for my next ad break, can I just check with you for what information and proof do you have to back up the claims you made on the day and confidently voice your concerns? Look, we've we've been participating in in, in this matter. Like I said, I I looked at. Um, uh, you know, last day when I when I spoke to at that civic meeting, this 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 drought didn't creep up on us. I mean, since 2016, in fact, the summer of 2015 uh, was was very very hot and very very long, and the subsequent rainfall that we got in the year of, of 2016 and 2015 and 2016 was was lower than average. So the city, like I said, because of the demand management, had they implemented uh, uh, reduced uh, usage or started fixing the infrastructure earlier, then we wouldn't be sitting in this in this in this pickle in the first place. And, you know, in terms of the numbers, we didn't have to look long. I mean, like I said, the, 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 the information is, is available on, on, in the public domain. Um, I think it was in, in 2016 when, when the first uh, or the initial uh, speculation was about, you know, we've got to start cutting back in. You can't use the tap water to, to water the grass and so on. So the city knew. You know, it, it's, it's not stuff that is made up. And, and if you do the research and you listen to, to, to articles or read articles written particularly by Professor Anthony Turton, um, you know, it, this is something that he predicted five, six years ago. I mean, you see on, on social media now, you know, that articles were written in, in 2007, in 2002. And this is when, you know, sort of when, when Ibrahim Rasul, when he was a premier, as far as I understand, informed uh, the city mayorship, which was under uh, uh, the Zala at the time. 
And, you know, the arrogance, and again, it was one of the responses, we're going to build Burgrave, and Burgrave is going to, is going to solve our problems. All right, so Burgrave was online. But again, you know, we're sitting in, 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 in the same predicament because there was no planning forward. And again, when you look at the mismanagement, I mean, it shows complete incompetence. They want to throw Mayor Patricia Delal under the bus and remove powers from her, which are given to her, in fact, by statute. It's not something that, that the party can re- uh, uh, remove from or say she can't participate in, in a, uh, a meeting or not sit in, in, in discussions. And to, to, to blame her and to isolate her out of this, is, is a, she's essentially become a scapegoat. And again, I, I remind you that Deputy Mayor Nielsen is a water engineer. He's been the one in the head of the firm since Zilla became the, the, the May, which was in 2006, I believe. All right? So he can't come and say on an interview that he's only been, which was four days after Musi Maimani uh, uh, introduced his water team, that he's only four days on the job and looked like a complete fool doing it. You know, because the whole discussion, you know, you can't ask me for, for, for issues or, or questions around day zero. I mean, what kind of a joke are we dealing with, man? You know? Okay. And at the end of this, sorry, Ribbon, I think that it's important for, for, for people to recognize that, that poor leadership, all right, this is, this is a complete constructed mismanagement issue. And, and, and people need to take, the, take responsibility for their own failures. Okay, uh, Muad Khabir, shukran for your contribution to the program this evening. Uh, we want to wish you a pleasant evening further and say to you, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Okay, that was uh, Muad Khabir, Athlon resident who had been forcefully removed from the Joseph Stone Auditorium after he accused the DA leader Musi Maimani of lying about plans for the water crisis. My attention very quickly to the SMS line before we take an ad break uh, from 6945. It says, Assalamu alaikum, look at how this water is flowing. Why are they not? channeling it properly as a video club unfortunately i can't open it sorry but society is tired the way they mess up stop defending they must be honest for a change politics but they expect us to vote millions are paid into their salaries and what and this is what people get in return uh, don't these people believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Don't they fear their book? Sadly, they failed society. Why did they not take heed? Is this democracy? Wonderful, some truth. Thank you, sir. God bless. Well, those are some of the comments that we've received. Another one says, I think this water crisis is a hoax. Its tactics are used to scare people and make them panic. And this will make them willing to pay exorbitant prices for water. Graham Tech is also a desalination company. They do work in Saudi and India, and they've tried offering their services to the city of Cape Town. But there is apparently budget constraints. Shukran wa salam, 9389. We'll deal with those when we come back. For now, we're going to go for a quick ad break. When we come back, we'll continue with the program called The Burning Issue here on The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the burning issue and if you have just joined us at this stage our question this evening is the water crisis paving the way to privatization of water now we are still joined in studio by sandra dixon who is with the deercapetown.co.za website as well as mr shaheed muhammad with the water crisis coalition now i've got quite a number of sms's and i would like my guests in studio to respond to it for example is this water crisis a hoax are tactics used to scare people um, 
then also the issue around desalination came through. Now, before I get to some of the other SMSs, we've got another guest online, and I believe it's Imran Mukadam, who is the national coordinator for the Committee for the South African Food Sovereignty Campaign. Uh, Imran, assalamu alaikum. Okay, uh, Imran, maybe just a quick comment from your side as regards, you know, the focus on the Food Sovereignty Act and the advancement thereof and how this ties in with the current water crisis. Well, as the South African Food Sovereignty Campaign, water is integral to our campaign and water sovereignty is part of it. So that means that we as communities and as people own the water and it can never belong to any private entity. As we see in South Africa with over 4,000 dams being in private property, in private position. Um, so part of our uh, approach is that we need to nationalize water as a first priority and then under no circumstances must we allow water to be privatized um, whatsoever. And uh, one of our focus areas is, um, of course, um, access to water for food production and, and this um, we find um, you know in terms of small-scale farmers and, and um, community farmers and communal farmers not having access to water to produce food and then also um, city dwellers not having access to water um, in order to produce food so that is one of our areas um, in terms of the, the whole issue around privatization um, we have a, a very strong position that water can never be privatized. It belongs to the people and it must always belong to the people. Um, with regards to the developments that we're seeing right now, uh, the South African Food Sovereignty uh, Campaign has been warning about this uh, climate crisis and global warming. So we are not saying necessarily that there is no crisis. There is a crisis and it's been an impending crisis for a long time now, and we believe that at the core of this crisis is the, 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 the global capital system that is producing uh, greenhouse gases and producing carbon emissions that is causing uh, and driving climate change. So one of our focal areas is um, to focus on um, indigenous farming, indigenous ways of growing crops, and also reverting back to uh, multi-cropping instead of monocropping. So we're saying that a lot of the water being used for agriculture is being abused um, to make wine, for instance, and look at the wine industry and the beer industry. Um, the springs that we're fighting about, SA Brewing is sitting on one of the springs and has been using free water for years, abusing uh, our water resources to make alcohol that is then um, bringing down our communities and, and so there's a whole cycle in here in terms of the abuse of water and the privatization of water. Imran, can I just ask you, you mentioning uh, SAB, for example, so if one looks at South African breweries and even Coca-Cola, they are still able to use substantial amounts of water in their production. How is this possible? Um, th th this, is, this is exactly what, what, what you're talking about when you're talking about privatization of water. It's not only the privatization of the water resources in terms of uh, the use of water on, for agriculture and for mining, but also the bottling of water and the use of water um, for products that are detrimental to the health of our people. And we look at Coca-Cola and we look at these breweries, they are not producing products that are beneficial to, to society and to the food system. 
So we should, as a people, be able to say that you have to cut their water first before you cut our water as a basic necessity. And, and that is where uh, our argument is in terms of the day zero and all the other uh, day scenarios that we are facing. Okay, just do importantly, start. importantly, we have to look at uh, this uh, position on on on, on water um, being commodified, and here we see the desalinization and the DA um, being exposed for the Zionist uh, Israeli links with regards to the desalinization project, and we need to discuss that um, because uh, over the weekend a very prominent DA. Uh, leader of the caucus, or previous leader of the caucus, uh, Rodney Lincoln, came out and said that the DA was to score 600 million rand in kickbacks if the desalinization project went ahead uh, for the Israeli company. So yeah, clearly we see these uh, hidden agendas, and it's not really all, all not what it seems. Okay, uh, do stay on the line. This is my attention very quickly to the SMS line and WhatsApp messages. Assalamu alaikum, Ridwan, and guests in the studio. Uh, Sandra Dixon and Shahid Mohammed. Nothing gets hotter on uh, VOC than the burning issue uh, on the water crisis discussion. It has been seen with the naked eye that the water dams are empty. But now the question should be asked where is the water coming from? Another one says, Assalamu alaikum. We in Skarp Karal area received a letter from the city to inform us about the amount of water in use which was always between 18 to 22 kiloliters, stating we must inform them how many people in our home. We responded that we are nine people. Early January, early January, they ripped out our water meter and replaced it with their meter and gave us 800 liters per day. Do we have to pay for this meter and how do you replace the battery? Well, I'm not too sure if our guests are able in studio to assist in that one. Another one from 2592 says, Assalamu alaikum. So funny have to use less water but still the water bill is mo- is much more ha 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 another one from 0431 you cannot help but be suspicious about the water crisis price of bottled water has increased price of water containers and tanks have increased and just last week the city makes a statement that they cannot guarantee the safety of newland springs for years people have been collecting water there no complaints at all is it a money-making scam? And once again, the poor suffers. Shukran for an informative program. Well, once again, a very big shukran to all our listeners for their participation to the program this evening. Then another one says, Assalamu alaikum and good evening. This is from 5687. Don't those people who are having the middle working class realize that we come from the Cape Flats? Lived with single parents and today when we are gradually seeing light, they come back to haunt us back to the level we came from they know exactly what they do it is no coincidence aren't you taking the whatsapp messages what i'm doing them now uh, those people are targeting the middle working class who comes from poverty all the time we're trying to get through and that's why i said at the beginning of the program send your messages so that we have them now the whatsapp line is flashing all over and we haven't really had a debate still and we still have our guests in studio so let's rather just do one more quickly from uh, 3940 the western cape population has increased incrementally not only do we have a large part of the eastern cape here but we have refugees from all over africa who come to seek refuge why did the western cape government and the national government not put contingency plans in place 
because of these number. Uh, they are sucking their citizens to the bone through Musi Maimani. They, the DA, are white monopoly capital. Well, once again, a very big sugar. I'm not going to go through all of the others. Just to remind myself once again that the views expressed on the program does not necessarily reflect the views of the Voice of the Cape, its management, or the staff. And then we're going to go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we will wrap up with the program called The Burning Issue. Welcome back to the concluding segment of the program. I've been told I've got two minutes left within which to wrap up as we prepare for the walk of Isha. So my apologies then to all our listeners who've sent through messages via the WhatsApp and SMS. We will not be getting to any of these, unfortunately. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I have uh, chatted to Sandra Dixon and Shahid Muhammad. We're going to continue this debate next week, Monday, same time, same place, here on The Burning Issue. We will then ask uh, our sound technical engineer, uh, Mr. Faldi van der Lilly to copy these so that we deal with him next week sometime inshallah so for now what we're going to do we're going to wrap the program Imran Mukadam I'm going to give you 30 seconds just to give us a concluding remark or comment from your side okay we seem to have lost we still okay. right now he okay. said a, a manufactured uh, this is a manufactured um, crisis in terms of trying to get the Israeli companies to uh, subsidize the DA for the 2019 elections. So we are saying and concurring with the national minister that day zero is out, but we're also saying that the South African Food Sovereignty contain that climate crisis is real and we, we must prepare for the new normal. But the, to abuse the new normal in terms of uh, what is T54 political experience is not on. Okay, uh, well, shukran for that. That is Mr. Imran Mukadam, National Coordinator of the Committee for the South African Food Sovereignty Campaign. A huge shukran for your participation in the program this evening. And we say to you, Jazakumullah and Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Ta'ala Wa Barakatuh. Let's start with Sandra Dixon, dear Cape Town.co.za website, your concluding comment and remark. And as we said, we're going to continue with this program next week. I already have messages coming through saying thank you, shukran. We look forward to it. Sandra. Right. In terms of a message for the city of Cape Town, they tell us, the people, that there's a new normal. Now, us, the people, are telling them there is a new normal. We demand to participate in their decisions. We demand what our constitution says. The constitution allows that the public can participate in whatever decisions they make. But lately, the city had been putting the public participation process on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Now, that is not going to happen for much longer because if they want to be credible in any way possible and rise above the low depths that they have sunk to, they should look at the people, look at us and take into account what are the people of Cape Town thinking and what do the people of Cape Town want? Okay, well, thanks very much. As we see, that is Sandra Dixon, who is from the DearCapeTown.co.za website. Uh, so do go onto the website. And as we said, we hope to have them back in studio next week. Um, Brother Shahid Mohammed with the Water Crisis Coalition, your final remark on this particular topic. Well, we want to agree with, um, with Sandra, um, basically, that the challenge is we've put it to the national government. 
and we're putting it to the local government and to the Premier as well, set up a meeting in this coming week if they're really serious, uh, include all the levels of government, include civil society, include um, Stop COCT, uh, include uh, Water Crisis Coalition and various civil society groups. If you are serious, let's just sit around the table, have an open discussion, bring your formula, bring your proof. Bring your track, uh, your, your evidence of, the, of the, the, the steps that you've taken over the past two years and uh, be, um, be open and uh, um, honest about the scheduling of um, the, the pipe um, reduction of price, um, pipe pressure um, so that we can really, uh, really see if, there is, um, is going to, if they are serious about um, a real solution. Our um, uh, challenge to them, you know, if you fix six steps, you save a million liters per day. Our challenge to them a long time ago was let's fix the leaks, let's set the, um, the people out in various groups going around to the houses. Fixing the leaks can save 100 million litres per day. Let's see if they're serious and we'll come to the table this week. Okay, we're going to extend the invitation to the city of Cape Town for our programme next week should our production allow that. So uh, Sandra, from, my, from me to you a very big thank you and uh, a pleasant evening further. Uh, Shahid Mohammed Shukran to you for your participation as well and I look forward and hoping that we'll be able to continue Quickly, sir. Yeah. yeah, sorry, one, one last point. I just want to say uh, that, you know, uh, in the days of apartheid, the, the people from Cape Town, from the Eastern Cape, were thrown out of Cape Town. You know, the, the, the composition of Cape Town is an artificial creation. And if people are coming from other parts of the world, coming from the Eastern Cape, these are brothers and sisters, we belong together. It's okay. our solution. Let's sit together. It's, it's not a matter of this one coming from the... We are one world. We are one humanity. Let's work together. Let's, let's, um, let's, let's fight this manufactured crisis. Let's fight. Let's save water.